Boker Tov. We are studying Parashat Vayeshev. Um, oh, sorry. There is a... I put an acento on the E of Vayeshev so people know how to say it. It wasn't a mistake. I put it, I put it there on purpose. The parasha opens up with the Toledot of Yaakov. Vayeshev Yaakov Beretz Megure Aviv. Yaakov lives in the land where his, fa- his, his father's sojourned in the land of Canaan. And then it says, Elle Toledot Yaakov. And these are Toledot of Yaakov. Well, we don't know what Toledot means because there's a machloket and what that word means. Some say it means the happenings. Yes. And some say it means the children of. Like Yom Huledet uh, is the day of the birth of. Right? So Toledot could either mean these are the stories of Yaakov or these are the kids of Yaakov. Now the problem with saying these are the kids of Yaakov I'm not discussing about that. Is that we only speak about one kid, which is Yosef. Yes. So that, that would be the problem with the translating it like that. But what, what is this? Um, I'm only introducing the parasha to go backwards, to point out what are we, what's the last thing we studied we in last week's parasha? Where, Where are we, we coming, coming from? You have to follow the storyline, right? Always. Mm. Somebody was telling me, he said that I feel like until now I've been studying the Torah like I watch episodes of like of, right. of, of a TV show that I don't watch in order and then I and I would and I would watch like like a few episodes from every season and I would find it funny or I would find it interesting but I never understood the, how the story plays what it's coming fr- from. from beginning to end so one of the goals is to show the overall trajectory of the book what makes this book so sophisticated is that it has one long underlying theme that undergirds the whole story and then there are themes within the themes, and there are themes within those themes. So it's a very, it's, it's a very it rich, yeah. And then you see, you see progression of the storyline. It, it's a very rich, multi-layered book, which proves that it's definitely something special. It's divine. That is divine. Uh, so where are we coming from? So we finished with the stories or the children, excuse me, of of Esav. Yes, correct. Now I think the person who explains this best is Rashi. If you look at Rashi, you want me to read it actually? He opens up our parasha and he gives a very, very nice summary of what the, of what the storyline is. He says on Ele Toledot Yaakov. Here, no. Sorry, sorry. It's on Vayeshev Yaakov. Achar shakatab lecha yishu be'esav v'toldotav b'derek etzara shelo ayu sfunim v'chashuvim l'faresh he'ach v'tiyashuvu b'seder milchamotehem e'chor yishu et'achori v'rashakha yishu be'yaakov v'toldotav b'derek haruka kol gilgulesi batam very, very simple pshat, and I think this is pshat. But after it tells us all of the storyline of Esav in less detail, because Esav is less important to the continuation of the story, it then goes and does the same thing by Yaakov. But while Esav is just a list of his descendants, Yaakov, it's a description of what happened to his descendants in a lot of detail. Which is because, and the reason the text is doing that is because Yaakov is so essential. And it wants us to laser and focus in on Yaakov more. So that is where we're coming from, from last week's parasha to this week's parasha. It's, it's almost as if, it's almost as if uh, last part, I got the feeling by reading the parasha last week, but at the end when it comes and talks about Esau's offspring and they all became kings and nations and this and aloof and aloof. It's as if like, okay, this is who they are. 
it gives you like a broad picture of whatever it is and then we're done move, let's move exactly, on exactly exactly and there. I think you're right and what Daniel was saying is it gives us a very very broad overview but a, a very uh, it's, a, it's a summary of all of Esau's family and the happenings of his family to kind of tell us okay if you're wondering what happens to this guy this is it we'd but, say this is basically the whole story it's basically the whole story and we can move on from him and now let's focus on Yaakov who is going to be the person who receives covenant he continues the Berakha of Abraham yes. and Esav does not okay Yosef was 17 years old. He was a shepherd with his brothers of sheep. And he was a young man. And he was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, the wives of his, brother, of his father. And Yosef would bring negative reports about them to his father. Now, who is he bringing negative reports yes. about? Is it about the children of Bilah and Zilpah or is it about the children of Leah? Right, because it says he <laughs> was a shepherd with the brothers of his father, yes. with the sons of his father. And then, talk, and then they talk about the... But then it also says that he was hanging out with Bilah and Zilpah's kids. So who so is he bringing... Separate, so it's, it seems like he's bringing bad reports about all of them. But he would hang out with... Bilhan and Zilpah's kids. So why would he hang out with those those kids? Why is he hanging out with the sons of Bilhan and Zilpah? What's, what's his relationship there? Oh, why not with the sons of Leah? Because there have been a jealousy with the Well, for two reasons. The, the more sublime reason, the more abstract reason is that because it, this represents the jealousy of Leah and Rachel manifesting itself in their kids. So there's going to be competition between Rachel's son and Leah's sons. That's so sad. So that is the more abstract reason. But the simple reason, or there are two simple reasons. One is because Yosef is an only child. So Leah's kids are all grouped together and they're considered the main kids. Yosef, he's by himself. Benjamin is young, right? Or we don't know how old Benjamin is, but he seems to not be in the picture that much at this point. Or the servant of his mom. So, so as an only yes. child, he's kind of like an orphan child. Together. So he clings to the people who are also the less respected children. Yeah, and the maid servants probably they were together, more or less. And the maid servants' kids were probably hanging out yes, together. Yeah, so yeah. He, he, he chose to hang out with the maid servants' kids who were the less respected ones because he was also like an orphan child. And the other uh, important thing is that they were also younger. So you have a division by age. Yosef is young, so were the sons of Zilpah and, and the sons of Zilpah and, and Bilhah. So he hangs out with the younger kids. So he, he's more connected to those it kids. It says also that Jack, Jacob was living with the maidservants, not with Leah. So also that... Well, you mean in the Reuven story? Yes. Whenever... Yes. After Rachel died, he went and he put his bed in, in the thing of Bilhah as opposed to in the thing of Leah. Yeah, that's Midrash also. So we don't know where Yaakov ended up putting his bed. The assumption in that Midrash is that Yaakov chose to move his bed into the house of Bilhah. But we also know that in that Midrash... Reuven moves the bed into the house of Leah, so maybe Yaakov left it there. I don't know what, oh, where Yaakov okay, ended up. We don't know what happened. <laughs> ah, we, even, even in the Midrash, what, what we don't is, know what, what happened. The, but but, what, what but the real the, answer is that it's a Midrash. What does it mean? It says, Meshe Aviv, and then it says, Vayave Yosef et Dibatam Ra el Aviyem. Dibatam of who? So that, that's what we asked. It's, again, the question is, there are two people it could be about from this one Pasuk. Because it says that he was a shepherd with his brethren. But it also says that he would hang out 
with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. Yeah, actually, so dividing them. I so guess. is this now? So the question Seems is: like it, it, this part about of the pasuk? So it could be it, it, this pasuk. Is it going back on the 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 son, the brothers of his father, the, his own brothers, meaning all of his brothers from the beginning of the pasuk, or is it going back on the most recent part of the pasuk, which is with the with his children right. of the children? So there is a machloket about this. I think the Ramban. I don't have Ramban here, but he claims that I, I think Ramban's opinion is that he was actually saying bad things about Bilhan Zilpah's kids. I think that's the thing, and and. And Ramban, the reason he says that is because he wants to come to a reason for why Yosef is hated by all of the brothers. So he says the reason he was hated by Le'a's kids was because he was the favorite child and he was the son of Rachel. But the maidservants, that didn't care about that. The reason they hated him was because of the Dibatam because of the, the things he would say about them. Not clear. Again, I, I like. I, I think it's it's. He brings up. He, Let's keep it easy. I think it's part of his character to be a, a tattletale. So I think he's bringing. I th- I think he sees himself in a position of leadership. So what's going on in Yosef's mentality, in my opinion, is that, you know, whenever you have like a nine-year-old kid who gets very proud of himself and he starts like, he, he starts trying to take a leadership role and bossing people around. I don't know. I, yeah, I, so I I've seen him, that. He takes it with the younger. He cannot take it with the younger. So, so whenever you have a young person who, who sees him, right, he sees himself in a position of leadership. He becomes very critical. He thinks he can he can do no wrong. So he's constantly bringing criticism. Oh, dad, my five year old brother did this. Now, it comes from a lack of self awareness, which you will see yourself possesses a major lack of self awareness. And it comes from the fact that he's favored and that he's seen as the leadership son. So let's go to the next pasuk because that's where we will see this. And Israel loved Yosef from all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. That's it. He enabled him almost. Right? And he made him a a, a ketonet pasim. So ketonet pasim, um, there. So there's two interesting things. The first thing. Is is even I think you find it in the older commentaries like in Ramban, I think he says it also that it represented, it was a garment to show the future leadership of that son over the clan, meaning it's not just I love you, let me give you a nice, you know, like let me give you a nice jacket. It was you are going to lead this dress, family, dress like so king. you are going dress to be like dressed the like the king yes. who will be leading over the family. Wow. So that that explains. So he had already vision, the vision. He was there. Well, well, Yaakov well, already assumes. Yeah, yeah. Yaakov already assumes that Yosef is the leadership son, and obviously that's not going to fly well with the rest of the sons, especially the sons of Leah, sure. who already don't. Already, like they don't. Sue. But that also explains why Yosef would be criticizing them to their father, because their father looks at him and says, "You're my, you're my leader, my son," and then he says, "Yes, father, I'm the leader. Uh, I think uh, we have to work. We have to work on these brothers of ours. They've they've not been acting well in the field." You know, you could almost picture it. You could almost picture what, what how Yosef would behave. And um, another interesting thing is what is the translation of the word Kiven Zikunim Hulo? That he was the the son of his old age. So there are three opinions on this. There's Rashi Unkulos and Ramban. Rashi says Kiven Zikunim Hulo is he was the son of his son old, of his age. old age. Unkelos. What does Unkelos say? Because he was the smartest son. 
So Rashi says it was the son of his old age. And Kulof says it was the smartest son. And Ramban actually says, Ben Zekunim means something else completely. He said, Ben Zekunim, there was, there was a son who was designated as the right-hand man of his father called the Ben Zekunim. And this son would basically help his father out with the day-to-day stuff and with leading the household. So Ramban says that Ben Zekunim means this Yosef what was turned into the leader of the household by his father. So not only do we have the Ben Zikunim, meaning that he was the leader of the household, he was also given the Ketonet Pasim, which according to many commentators represents the leadership. So he is, as Daniel said, he's being enabled to earn the hatred of his brothers. And you couple that with someone who doesn't have the self-awareness to realize that he's earning people's hatred, and you come out with a person who's self-absorbed, and who will criticize his brothers without realizing the fact that he's that they're starting to hate him. And his brothers saw that him, his father loved more than all of the brothers, so they hated him and they could not speak to him peacefully. And Yosef one day had a dream. And he told this dream to his brothers. And they continued to hate him. And he says to them, Listen to the following dream that I have dreamt. And Putting more pepper on this, on the, on the right, right. Thing he's putting, he's putting, he's putting, uh, what is he's, he's putting lemon juice on the wound. <laughs> yes. They are cut and he's just putting salt and pepper. Yeah, he's putting salt on the wound, exactly. Okay. Is this talking about the same dream? I mean, in context, it seems like it, yeah. yeah it seems like it, because the context, you should say, the, it's a know, bit he awkward. Had a dream, he and had then a dream. Afterwards, they hated him, but here it's it's, it's, saying, it's odd, right, it's right. Odd. So Daniel's pointing out, what does the text say? Yosef had a dream and he tells it to his brothers and they continue to hate him. And then it tells us what the dream is. Well, why don't you tell us what the dream is before you tell us... Does it say... Hmm. Why would it do that? Why would the Pasuk tell us first that they hated him for the dream and then only tell us... the narrator explaining what the dream was. Right, right. So I think the narrator is explaining what happened and then it's going to go into the dialogue between them. That's what it seems to understand. Because the dialogue includes the hatred, meaning the, the statements of their hatred for him. So it could be that the narrator is the just third, introducing the, third the dialogue. Person, the right. third person. Right. Yes. Okay. So behold, we are bundling sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf, my sheaf, I don't know, my, my sheaf arose, and all of your sheaves turned around, were surrounded it, and they bowed down to my sheaf. So his brothers say to him, Are you going to be a king over us? Are you going to rule over us? And they continue to hate him for his dreams and for his words. What is it for his dreams and what is it for his words? It seems like the dreams are, they hated him for his dreams, meaning the fact that he was dreaming. And then also the fact that he was telling them the dream. But Rabbi, Even he, if they heard the dream from their father, knew, they would not. They would he knew not. that he was going to be a, hated. No, he knew that he was going to become a king. No, we don't know that. No, because because 
even even when by Yaakov, these, here, let me give you an example. These dreams, by these dreams, the problem is not every Navi knows that he's getting, getting Nebuah. If I'm a Navi, I'm not exactly sure if I'm getting Nebuah. So for example, Yaakov, when he has a dream in Bet El on his way to Padan Aram, yes. he wakes up and he says, wow, God is in this place. If God will be with me, and this and this and this he makes all these conditions. So he's not sure. So he's not sure. Meaning, even Yaakov, when he has that dream, is he hundred percent positive that this dream is nevuah? No, no, he's not. I think so. So it it says Yaakov, the dreamer, was not sure. Then Yosef, the dreamer, probably is definitely not sure that that. I mean, he definitely has this. He definitely sees himself as being yes. greater. It definitely, it definitely builds on the whole story because it says, Vayosifu od senoto. And they continue to they hit continue him. They continue to hit him. That means that he's telling him all this knowing that they, his brothers hate him. No, that, or maybe or he just he lacks just the self-awareness. Lacks self-awareness. He doesn't have the social recognition to realize that, they to really realize that people don't like him. Yeah. Because they couldn't even speak to him. We already know they couldn't speak to him. So when, I, when somebody stops talking to me, my assumption tra- is that the person is upset with me. He, he was very childish. Very, very it seems like he was childish, yes. yeah. That's why the Midrash says, mature, by the way. So there, there's an interesting Midrash. It says, He was a young lad. And the Midrash said, What do you mean? We know he's 17 years old. If he's a young lad, we don't describe a 17 year old as a young lad. That's what the Midrash asks. The Midrash answers, He was doing things that were a young person would do. He was misalsel bisaro, he would play with his hair, and he was acting all childish and things like that. But the idea is that even if his age did not show his youthfulness, his behavior definitely did show the fact that he was young and childish. Okay, we're taking a very critical view of Yosef. It's, I was learning with someone last night. He's like, what? I named my son Yosef. Don't worry. <laughs> my son is Yosef. No, no, no. no. Actually, he said it. I, I'm, I'm Yosef. He actually said it about Yehuda. Because the story, he didn't say it about Yosef. He said it about Yehuda. Because Yehuda, his story is also in the Swiss Parasha. So he has another dream. And he tells it to his brothers, Behold, I have another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars are bowing down to me. And he tells it to his father and to his brothers. And his father reprimands him. And he says, What is this dream that you've dreamt? Will me and your mother and your brothers come and bow down to you? What are you talking about? And his brothers continued to be jealous of him. But his father kept the matter so his father, aside in his, his, father, his heart. The, in his heart. Okay, so let's pause for a second. Yeah, he kept it in his heart. Let's pause for a second and analyze a little bit deeper what these represent, what these dreams are. Well, first of all, it is interesting that Yaakov, who has quite a few experiences with dreams, and those dreams coming true, when he hears Yosef's dreams, he he takes them to heart. Because Yaakov knows that dreams aren't necessarily just ridiculous things that we think about in but the night. Publicly, he's, he's in front of the brothers. So now Yaakov plays them. politician. Yeah. He plays politician in that he tries to quell, so he knew, he knew that quell the, brothers, the hatred. The brothers hated him. Exactly. He tries to calm down the brothers for, for hating Yosef. And he tells, and he publicly rebukes Yosef, but in private, he's almost hopeful. He's thinking, wow, my son, the leader, he's already starting to have visions that God is telling him that he will be the leader. Now, is this God telling him that he's going to be leader, or is this Yosef 
just dreaming about the thing that, that things that he thinks about because Yosef has delusions of grandeur for sure. He's been told his whole life that he's the leader. He's been given a coat that's telling him he's a leader. He's been made the assistant to his father in the household. And his father expects him to rattle on his brothers whenever he can. So could it just be his position of power getting to his head and manifesting himself in, in, in dreams at night? That's also possible. So even Yaakov's assumption that this could be something true, that he takes this to heart, we're not exactly sure. And what about the dreams themselves? So what is it about these dreams? So the first one is interesting in that he dreams that they are bundling sheaves of wheat and their wheat bows down to his wheat, which is standing in the middle. So what is odd about the fact that he's dreaming about wheat? Well, what's their profession? They're shepherds. They're not farmers, they're shepherds. Yitzhak was a farmer. Yaakov, for all we know, was not a, was not a farmer. And the sons, for all we know, are not farmers. So what is he thinking about? Why is he thinking about wheat? So this is obviously a foreshadowing of the fact that over the, over the matter of wheat, over the matter of food, yes. he will display his dominance yes. over them. Yes. That they will end up needing him and bowing down to him because, because of, of wheat. But it also shows something about Yosef, that it could be that as a dreamer, as someone who's, who has ambitions, who has ambitions to achieve greatness, he's thinking beyond the household business. You know, it's like you have the son who is very, very ambitious, and he can get a nice comfortable salary in his father's business, quasi-successful quasi company, has more than enough room to take the son into the business, but he's very, very, he has ambitions that are far greater than that. He wants to start something for his own. He wants to venture out of the family business and do something even greater. And maybe he wants to even take up the business that is more common practice in Egypt. Maybe like the, the center for, for economic activity in the world. So Yosef, we don't know exactly what this dream is. It grain, definitely has some grain foreshadowing. Is, grain is uh, something that's... But it starts to show us a little bit about Yosef's ambition. That he's a dreamer in the sense that it's not just a dreamer in a negative sense. He's a dreamer that he has ambitions. He wants to achieve things. He wants things. To, to arrive somewhere. He wants to arrive somewhere. And he's not only thinking about continuing his father's business. Now the next dream is even more odd, which yeah, is he's thinking about, he's standing in the middle there as a human being. And all of the celestial bodies, the stars, the moon, and the sun are bowing down to him. So his father says the quiet part out loud when he says the, the sun and the moon must mean your mother and myself. Which Yosef doesn't say, that his, the father yes. adds that in. But what is the meaning of the fact that the celestial bodies are bowing down to him? So there's one modern commentator, it's a little bit cynical, that I could, I'll share it with you, but just don't tell anyone because it's not so appropriate. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> he, he says something like, in the, in the culture, in the Egyptian culture, they, would, they had a lot of, they used astrology. And they would use the celestial bodies to tell time, to see the future. So what Yosef is thinking is that he's in the center of the world and that all of these things which in their culture have the power, power. to dictate the future are bowing down to him. Meaning he is overcoming all of the powerful celestial bodies which, with, their, with their astrological power. A more simple way of looking at it is that he sees himself as the center of the world. 
Mm-hmm. If the sun is bowing down to you, and if the stars are bowing down to you, so he's the he's the center of the world. The world revolves around him. That's a that's a more modern day simple approach. But if you want to go down that route of the celestial bodies, it's also an interesting thing. In order to, think to be about. a leader, you have to have some touch. A little, a bit, little of bit of a little bit of gaba. A little bit of self centeredness. The God complex, you know. The God complex. So so wait wait wait. He said it very nicely. This celestial bodies thing with the all the stars and thing bowing down to him could be, quote unquote, the God complex because. That's where, that's the realm of, But on you know? the other hand, you see him being such a humble man. When? The, after this. You show his character developing. Well, I don't is he, think he is was... he a humble man or is he humbled as a humble. man? Oh, humble. <laughs> humble. I think he's, you show his character humble. developing throughout. Well, uh, for sure. I mean, one of the clearest depictions of character development in Bereshit is going to be the character development of Yosef. Where he starts off as a man who sees himself as the center of the world. And, and mind you, he also doesn't speak about God. He doesn't. He's the center of the world Correct. in the story. Think, oh, right. There's no God, and it, and right. it's kind of odd if you think that the sun and the moon are bowing down to you. You know, in our book of Tehillim, the sun and the moon they sing the praises of Hashem. Yes. They don't sing my praises. <laughs> so the development of yourself is going to be very interesting and clear. And one of the things we're going to have to trace is his slow recognition of the fact that there is a God. Who controls everything, and that's where we'll leave off today. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.